Okay, now we've been going through a series here recently called Costly Illusions. This is going to be the fourth tape in that series. The first one was Looking for Quick, and the series is dealing with the illusion that this world is living under with those smooth messages and with word that's not rightly divided and all of the uh, all of the illusion that that they're living under, thinking that that is sufficient to to get the job done, just simply not. It is simply an illusion. And I want to tell you, folks, I've seen some incredible illusions, which I know you have as well. There are some great illusionists in the world, but some of the great some of the the greatest illusionists in this world are of the devil himself. Yet they walk around under the auspice of preacher and pastor. Some of them are some of the greatest illusionists that ever lived and don't even know it. But they are the ones that create the illusion that everybody's all right. And that everyone is saved and going to make it. The very first one was called looking for quick. These are things that this world is looking for. Looking for quick. I've got that. uh, It's one of these up here that I haven't printed yet, but I will. Uh, What did I just give you? Did I give you a powerful forgiveness? Huh? Give me, yeah. Here, here's the here's the power, yeah, power of forgiveness. That's this morning's message. Yes. Okay. Now, everybody's looking for a quick fix. Nobody wants to dig in and and get it like God intended it. You know, even when he fed the multitudes, he said, make them to sit down. Before he even fed them, they'd been with him three days. (laughs) That was a three-day willing fast, by the way. He didn't declare to them that they had to stay. He didn't declare to them that they couldn't eat. They wasn't worried about food. What they were getting was evidently more important to them than eating. Now, how good would that be to be a preacher? (gasps) What? (laughs) And not have everybody sitting there looking at their watch thinking, Dear God, what in the world? He's trying to starve us to death. It's a forced fast. Yeah. How? I just wonder how this congregation would react if I preached for three days nonstop. Oh, and I... What? These people were so hungry for the Word of God. Man, they were so in tune with what Jesus was telling them and revealing to them that, man, they didn't even think about eating. They didn't even think about it. But they were fainting in the way, man. The Lord said, hey, make them to sit down. They've had the good stuff. Now I'm going to feed them some food for the body. Amen. I'll not send them away fasting, he said. Not send them away hungry. Amen. Now, next is looking for convenient. That was number two. Looking for convenient. Sound like this world to you? Well, what was that you were just saying a while ago, Sister Sharon? What was that woman saying? No, no, no. I'm talking about the one that had been here before. Robin, Sister Robin, or Robin. Uh-huh, try to come back, but she was what? She had a hard time because it was what? Uh-huh. You know what? If she get herself in the house of God, God would make it where she wouldn't have to work two jobs. Yeah, 
Yes, sir. You better know it. She's trying to do it. She's got it. She's got it backwards. But you know, I just tell her straight out. Next time you see her, is she where's she working? She's still working there at Park Manor. Okay. Well, if you ever see her again. You just tell her, you know what? The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, if you'd seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is being in the house of God every time the doors are open, that all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Or you can just do it yourself, you know. Yeah. I mean, God take care of it or, or not. Up to you. You know, that's what I tell my wife sometimes when she says, I said, what's for supper? She said, well, we could have this or this or this. And I said, or, or not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could have this, this, or this, or not, yeah. That's a good idea for another day. Amen. Number three is looking for comfort, which we had Thursday night. That was the message Thursday night, looking for comfort. Tonight is the fourth and final one in this series, Looking for Painless. Hmm. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, Lord, I ask you to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this series and this word, God, that you've given us. That we might ponder the path, Lord, that we walk in. And, Father, that we might keep ourselves chastened before you, God. And keep ourselves in a, in a place where we are meet for the Master's use, Lord. And keep ourselves clothed in humility. And keep ourselves humbled in your presence, God. And... Keep ourselves, Lord, that we might be used of you in a mighty way. Lord, help us, I pray, to hear your voice in this word tonight. Help us to see the path as you lay it out before us. Lord, give us the godly wisdom we need to walk in the path. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Edward, get me Hebrews 12. Four through fourteen. Would you read that for me, please? Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Okay, listen carefully. Now listen carefully to this. You've not resisted unto blood against striving against sin. He's trying to tell you, hey man. You hadn't, you hadn't resisted unto blood. You know what Jesus did at Calvary? He resisted unto blood. He even went to death, striving against sin. But we have not been killed or resisted even unto the point of bloodletting. See? Striving against sin. But then he said, read that nice part again there, brother. You've forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. You know, your father and mother chasing you, and they, and they exhort you and encourage you in the right direction. He said the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Amen. He talks to us as his children. Well, you know, there's correction with children. Well, it's because you want to just beat on them. Ain't no, ain't no fun in the world like beating children up. I mean, smacking them children around, is it? You know, it's a very difficult thing, and it hurts, man. My children are grown and gone. My grandkids are almost grown, but you know what? It hurts me to correct my dog, because I love my dog. <clears throat> I don't want to smack him, but when I come in, he's chewed something up in the house. Man, whoo, look out, son. You know, he chewed a fan up the other day. You know, he likes to, he's a real tough dog, man, but He'll he'll jump around, man, but he chewed one of my wife's fans up the other day. So when I come in, I quit boy, and he boom, he just hit 
He just hit the floor and just peed all over himself. It's just because he knew I was mad, boy. I snapped him up there and I said, get down here. Boy, he just laid down and put his face on the floor. He knew he was in trouble. No, he hadn't. And I smacked him one good one. Don't you do that no more, you know. Well, then, of course, he followed me around the rest of the night trying to get back my good graces. And I, I held off all those. I was over it already. But I wasn't about to give him that that hug until I, he had a little time to think about what he'd done. I wanted him to know I was mad and he didn't need to do that no more. Well, you know what? He ain't touched nothing like that no more. But in a little while, about 30 minutes or so, well, I hugged him up real good, you know. He's my dog. He's like my child. He's just like my kid, you know. And it hurts me to do that to him because... He don't understand. He's just a baby. But you know what? You've got to you got to be strict with those that are under your authority because you you want them to grow up and 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 realize that those things can't be done. Well, God's the same way. He knows that this is for all the marbles, man, and you're going to be in eternity somewhere. You're going to be in heaven with me, or you're going to be in hell. And once you make it to hell, I can't get you out of there because I have set boundaries. God said, listen, remember when Abraham was talking to the rich man in hell, he said, even if we wanted to come to you from here, there is a great gulf fixed so that none that would pass from here to you can pass from here to you, nor any that would pass from there to here can pass. Nobody can pass that gulf. None. And it's fixed. And so God cannot deliver you out of hell either. Once you're there, it's over. And He knows that. And so it's God's... It's God's intention to get you where you need to be before that trumpet sounds for you. He does know the day and the hour wherein He will come for you. So my advice to anyone that listens to this message, if you ever hear, feel the heat turning up on you, you better get busy. Because it could be your final call. This could be your curtain call tonight. I don't know what another day may bring. He said, boast not thyself of tomorrow. God forbid that he would take anybody from this church or from this family because it would certainly break my heart. And it certainly would damage the church. But I'll tell you what, that's above my pay grade. I ain't got no say in that. Now, I can't step in and say, Jesus, don't take them. If I know He's fixed to take somebody, Lord, don't take them. Yet, I, I want them to stick around a while and help me here, God. You know, we've got a work to do. I may well step in and try, to, and try to plead my case and plead your case for the Lord. But if God comes and He's ready to take you, man, I can't stop that. That's, that's His business. He's in, that's His, that's His doing there. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Man, I'm not, I'm not even, I ain't even at the, at the, at the lower rung of that ladder. <laughs> I ain't even, I ain't even up to the, to the foot of that ladder. But you know what? I want God to do whatever it takes to get me ready. I don't want to miss that boat. I would much rather God beat me into heaven than to kiss and smooch me into hell. <laughs> get me home, God. I get all that smooching in. I get all the hugging and petting in. Man, I, you know, just get me beyond them gates. I just want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. If you come in, you're going to come in on broken pieces. The Bible says that if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the, un, the ungodly and the sinner appear? Hmm. Amen. But everybody in this world is looking for everything but the truth. They don't want the truth. There was a movie years ago called A Few Good Men. And oh, uh, what's his name? Playing a general on there or something. I want the truth! Jack Nichols, Nicholson was playing the general and he said, You can't handle the truth! Well, you know what? That's exactly the way that, that's exactly the answer to this world. You can't handle the truth! You don't want the truth. What you want is you want to believe what you want to believe. You don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to hear the truth because the truth don't, the truth hurts people like you. You don't want to hear it. 
just like having a spoiled brat child going, nah, nah, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Come on with it, brother. Chastening, yes. Mm -hmm. Listen carefully. Hold on. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Have you ever been chastened by God? You ever had a whooping by Jesus? Ain't it great? It's not at the time. But I'll tell you what, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Cause you know what, you know what that tells you? Oh yeah. Cause if he didn't love you, he'd just leave you alone. And let you just have your party time. It's when God doesn't chasten you, that's when you better be very afraid. You better find you a place to get on your face right quick and see if peradventure God will suffer you to come back in. Cause you're out. At that point, you're out. You are out. If you're Living outside of God and He's not chasing you, you're out. You're in a world of trouble. You're in big trouble. It's when, you know, when you say, oh man, you're in trouble now. When Daddy pulls his belt off. But you know what? You're in a whole lot more trouble when Daddy just says, And just walks away. Just, okay. That's it. You know, you're in big trouble when you do something and your spouse. But you're in a whole lot more trouble when the spouse just says. You want it? You can have it. I'm done. See, the first part means we need to get this straight. Because this, if this is going to work, see, there's the, there's the key. If this is going to work, it's going to have to be straightened out. But the last part is, you know what? We're done. It's over. It's not going to work. It's finished. The first time has to be endured, but you know what? If you get to that next place, that's the place where you come and you say, you know what? I've made a grave mistake. Forgive me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've lost my mind. I've made a terrible mistake. Forgive me, Lord, God. <laughs> I love you, and I don't know what I've been thinking. I'm sorry, God, but Lord, forgive me. God, would you give me one more chance? Would you give me one more chance, Lord? Would you look upon me and realize that I'm dust? God, would you give me one more chance, Lord? I'll live for you and I'll work for you. God, I'll, I'll blaze trails for you. Just help me. Just show me the way. Amen. Come on, brother. He, see that? He, for our profit. It's for our profit. It ain't, it ain't just for a, a selfish motive. It's for our profit. It's that our profiting will appear. Go ahead. Okay, see that? 
but afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. The peaceable. You know what? When you're doing right, it may not be the easiest thing in the world and it may not be the easiest path, but when you're doing right, but I'm going to tell you what, it's a peaceful path because you ain't got that conviction and all that going against you. You ain't got that, you ain't got the Lord a, 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 a burden down on you, man. You don't have that. You don't have the Holy Ghost breathing down your neck. You got some peace about yourself when you're doing right, that path of righteousness. But he said, it is peace to those who are what? Exercised thereby. Amen. In other words, unto those who are changed and brought back into, into line. With that chastening. Exercised thereby. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, brother. How many of you ever heard, no pain, no gain? You see all these old guys, man, look like a, like a building walking with a waist that big and arms big as this pulpit up here and a chest, man. It looks like it could bench press a train. You know what? And didn't just happen overnight. That's a lot of work involved in that stuff. Yeah, and a lot of pain, buddy. A lot of pressing through. You don't get them, you don't get them kind of muscles, man, by not pressing through the pain. There's a lot of pain goes along with that. You know what? It's the painful part of your workout that's doing the good. That 70 minutes, 60 minutes beforehand, Ain't doing you that much good. It's that ten minutes at the end of it where you just about collapse. That's where the good came from right there. That, that's the ten minutes it lost that took the five pounds off right there. Not all that other time you've been playing, because till you got to where it hurt, you're just playing anyway. When you got to where it hurt, that's when the muscles that you, you finally worked through all that fat got down to some muscles that you didn't even realize you had, and your muscles down there going, oh dear God, what the heck is that? Oh Lord, what the heck is that, man? What's going on around here? I was asleep on my little cushy pillow of fat down here, and all of a sudden something started rocking the world. What's going on down here? Yeah. No pain, no gain. Did you know that the Bible tells us we are what? Chosen in the what? How are we chosen? In the furnace of affliction. Isaiah 48.10 If you can't go through the pain, you can't go. Many are called, but few are chosen. And you're chosen in the furnace of affliction. If you can't take the affliction, you can't go. The Bible says, and it tells us very clearly that we're going to go through much affliction. If my wife would get me Isaiah 43, 2, Sister Sharon, 2 Timothy 3, 12, Sister Sister uh, Erica, get me 1 Peter 4, 12. Go ahead. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow. Hear that? It didn't say if. It says when. When you pass through. When you pass through the rivers, shall not overflow thee. Go ahead. When thou walkest through the fire. Thou shalt not be burned, neither neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. But you're going through the fire. Because if you can't go through the fire, you simply can't go. Because the kingdom of God is through the fire. The kingdom of God's through the fire. That's where you... Listen, you ain't no different than Hebrew children. You're going through the fire. If you're going to find Jesus, you're going to find Him 
on the other side of the fire. You're going to find him in the fire. You're going to find him through the fire because he's going to have to take you through. It's the door in. He said, I am the door to the sheepfold. Any man climb up any other way, he said, the same as a thief and a robber. I'm the door. He said, no man coming to the Father but by me. You know where you're going to find Jesus? He's still in the fire. Yeah, and he's, he's the one. The, the door is the fire. It's the door. Praise God. Okay. Come on. Is that it, honey? Is that it? Okay. All right, who's got that next scripture? All that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You hear that? Is that it? Okay. Who's got the next one? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Oh, Lord God, what's going on? What's happening? The Word of God's happening. Well, now, wait a minute now. This ain't the way it's supposed to be. Cause I did that way. That's what the Bible says. The Bible tells you, read the contract. Yeah. I've had people tell me that before. It's in your contract. Yeah. It's in your contract. To which I reply, we don't have a contract. Oh, well, could you send a signed copy back? No. Because I didn't bid that. <laughs> but you know what? When you went down in them waters, you said, I do. Oh, yeah. And that contract sealed with blood. <laughs> I will make with them in that day a new covenant. And he said, you know what? They transgressed my covenant. He didn't say our covenant. It ain't our covenant. It's his covenant. It ain't your, you ain't got a dog in that hunt other than the fact that he said, you, will you marry me? And you said, yes, I will. That's the end of that. You might push your agenda as the brides of this world may push their agenda. On their husbands and taking all the name and keep the same name. He may stay home like some sissy and watch the children while she goes out there and makes the living. That makes me think you ought to be shot. But nevertheless, you ain't going to pull that with Jesus because my king hadn't changed. He's still the same. Amen. He is the groom and he is the king. Amen. And it ain't, it ain't the queen's castle. It's the king's castle. End of story. Amen. It's the order of God. It's the order of nature. It's the order of God. Amen. Come on. Who got the rest of it? Is that, is that it? Okay. Think it not strange the fire trials that are to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. It's in the book. It's in the book. Gosh, I, I, I've never preached that message, so I know y'all would have a hard time even knowing that that kind of stuff goes, uh, kind of goes hand in hand with this. I'm sorry, did I not preach that? Now, Let's just look at a few things here. It says, For unto you is it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. It's given to you to suffer for His sake. Do you know that? Because the servant is not greater than his master. It is the order of God that you suffer and that I suffer for Him. Because man is the one that sinned, not God. 
And there's a price to pay for sin. He made a way that we could enter in. But you're going to suffer for His sake just like He suffered for our sake. Amen. Philippians 4.12 says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. You're going to go, you're going to have the full spectrum. 1 Thessalonians 3.4 For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. 2 Thessalonians 1.5 which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. 1 Timothy 4.10 For therefore we labor, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. 1 Timothy 1.12 For the... For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I trust him. Amen. Don't you? I trust that he's able to keep it. Praise God. When I suffer trouble as an even evildoer, even unto bonds. Or wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. We know about Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We've already had that. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Hebrews 13:22. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, where I have written a letter unto you in few words. James 5, 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. 1 Peter 2.20 For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults ye shall take it patiently? We had this not long ago. But if when ye do well and suffer for it ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. God gave me that just the other day. As I was whining. Didn't even realize I was a wino. Sound like an Israelite, I guess, to the Lord. Sitting up there and I'm whining. But God, but Lord God, I didn't do nothing to deserve this. I didn't do nothing to deserve this, Lord. I worked hard, got the thing done. These people, I didn't do nothing to deserve this. God said, man. That's tough, man. Wow, that's hard. Whew, I wouldn't know nothing about that. <laughs> Suffering for something I wasn't guilty of. Like, oh, here we go. And then he pointed me to that scripture right there. He said, but you know what? <laughs> he said, but if when you do well and suffer for it and you take it patiently... <laughs> this is acceptable with God. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, it's like you had word for that. Yeah. Amen. Not always what we want to hear, but you know what? It's what we need to hear. It's in the book. In it are the issues of life. It's in the book. It's in the book. He's got something in there for that. Amen. I got something for that. I got something for that. I got something for that. The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Amen. But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid or of, the, of their terror, neither be troubled. For it is better if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. But let none of... Oh, well, that's, that's a different one there. Hold on. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful creator. 
Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Amen. Go with me to Zechariah. We know the Scripture well. That was Revelations, the last one? Yes, that's Revelations 2.10. Zechariah 13. You know it well. Remember this. Tell me about it, Brother Edward. Which one do you want? There's two that you study. Going from seven through nine. Okay. Tell me about it. Preach it to me, brother. Listen carefully now. Preach it to me. What does it mean? You're telling the world here, brother, that want to know where in the world you get the idea that we got to suffer. So you give them all the scriptures that I just gave them, that I just gave all them scriptures. But now you're going to take them to Zechariah because this is one of the best places in the world to show them how that not only are we going to have to suffer, the real church of the living God is going to have to suffer, the real people, they're going to have to suffer to make it. Amen. This is the choosing ground. This is where you're chosen right here. Amen. But... This also shows how few are going to make it. Amen. So, so come on, preach it to me as you go down through this. Amen. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, his kinsman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's going to turn his own hand upon those sheep. Amen. That he'll turn his... Give me scripture as you're going down through that. Okay, so, uh, awake, O sword. Right. Awaken the word of God. Right, the word of God, the sword, yeah. To come against my shepherd. The man that is my fellow, right. Which is, uh, and against the man that is my fellow. Right. The, 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 the yeah, and the kindred man. He said kindred man, that's what the word means. Go ahead. Awesome. Now, let me give you a little side note right here, too. Understand this. I don't care how good you ever get. He said the Word of God smite the shepherd. You will never get too good that the Word of God can't smite you and cut you down. Oh, yeah, because every man has weaknesses. Every man has shortcomings. And that Word, buddy, will... It, it will absolutely discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and it will cut you going and coming, and it can find places in you you didn't even realize were there. Oh, yeah. Come on, brother. So, after the shepherd is, uh, after the, the word of God smites the shepherd, uh, the, the sheep will be, will be scattered and lost. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, the Lord will turn his hand upon the little one. Amen, yes. Right, right. The Word of God, that's what it does. It's quick, it's powerful. Yes. That's what it does. It, 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 even to the separating of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow. Right. And that it says that it, comes, it shall come to pass in all the land, saith the Lord, that two parts, that two thirds mm-hmm. of the church shall be cut off, which will die. See, they won't make it into heaven. That's, that's it. But the third shall be. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Now, understand, too, and you're going to have to help them understand, that doesn't mean that they're going to die dead. Does it? And, and, and he's not. So what it means is they're going to fall away. They're going to be cut off. All of them are going to be cut off. 
all the church is going to be cut off. But two parts are going to, you need to, you need to specify that to them because they're going to be confused if you don't. All of them's going to be cut off the same way. But two parts are going to be cut off and die. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to drop dead. But it just means that those are the ones that are going to quit, throw the towel in, and say, that's it, but if God wanted me in church, well, I, well, and God, if God wanted me to have this, well, he'd give me a better car. He wouldn't have blowed me up like that. Oh, well, uh, if God's real and if God was, you know, God shouldn't have done that and this, that. Oh, I don't, I wouldn't serve a God like that. You know, everybody can serve God on the mountaintop. But this is where God finds out what you're made of. This is the spiritual awakening right here. This is what shows God whether you got what it takes to stay the course or whether you don't. And so two parts therein shall be cut off and they will die. They will fall away. They will quit. They will not make it. Amen. In this military, in this army, they will not continue on in the battle. Go ahead, brother. That's right. Amen. They ain't got what it takes. Amen. They quit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So here's the fantastic part, because it's that third part that God brings through. Yeah. Woo, didn't say he'd send them through. He said, I'll bring them. I will bring them through. The fire walker. My Jesus. So the great part is that he's going to bring them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same God that was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, the fire did not burn them, neither was the smell of smoke upon them. Wasn't the hair of their head singed. Nothing, man. The smoke didn't even light upon them, man. Praise God. And because they went through the fire, praise the Lord, there was a decree in all the land that, man, that by not nobody ever say nothing about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because no God had ever delivered like that. That. Amen. Go ahead, brother. These are the third part that are going to be in that fire. And they're going to be praising Jesus. Mm-hmm. Praising God for the fire. Because it says here that that, that fire is to refine us. Yes. And that third, as silver, is refined. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then shall the people in that time end after going through the fire, then shall they call upon thy name. Those are the ones that can call upon His name. Those are the ones, praise God, that are worthy for the attention of God. Amen. Mm. And God said, the Lord Jesus said, I will hear them. And then Jesus will say, it's these third that are really my people. Oh, yeah. They shall say, this, the Lord Jesus, is my God. Woo! Ha! Hallelujah! Praise God. Man, I remember the first time God lit me up on that scripture right there. Woo, I had a field day. I mean, buddy, I, man, was just going through the Word, man, just zipping back and forth through the scripture. And I said, oh, man, <laughs> praise God. Oh, there's so many messages in that. So many messages in the Bible will take you to this place. But this is one place that talks explicitly about the choosing of God's people. It's the separation. It's the separation of the quick and the dead. It's the separation of those that got what it takes. This is where the many are called and few are chosen takes place right here. This is the choosing ground right here. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Amen. See, Isaiah was one of those few. Isaiah was one of those few. When the Lord said, I've chosen thee in the furnace of affliction, he chose him like that. He brought him through that fire. He refined him as silver is refined. Amen. As gold is tried, he was tried. Praise God. Amen. Good job, Brother Edward. You know... Those are the scriptures right there that make big differences. This is, it's knowing this stuff right here. It's your knowing it. Amen. That's going to cause this message to carry on. If something were to ever happen to me, or you were to be somewhere else and I was not there, 
the fact that you know this means this word was handed off. Amen. One no, one no mix up in the handoff. This is a spiritual relay race. Amen. And, and you know, so many relay races are lost in the handoff. Amen. But I like doing things like this from time to time to know how good the handoff was. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing about it is, the woman that that belonged to is in heaven right now with Jesus. She really is there. It ain't some figment of your imagination. It ain't something that you just want to be. She is. She is there. Amen. You're holding a, a Bible of a person that's in paradise for eternity, in heaven with Jesus right now. Amen. And you got her Bible. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. I don't know what happened to you. What happened to you? I remember you shed some tears. I never even considered anything that you said when about about that Bible. Never, never even remembered you saying anything about you needed the Bible. It is. But you know what? The Lord's the one told me to give you that Bible. Amen. And he has confidence in you, sister. As do I. I have a great deal of confidence in this church. And the people of this church. Y'all know we're not a rich church. Man, we can't afford to be doing things that a lot of churches do. But you know what? I've always wanted the people of this church to have a good Bible, good study Bible. Man, it's been important to me. And I don't just hand them to anybody, but when the Lord lays somebody on my heart to do it, I do it. Amen. And I've always looked at it like this. Lord, you know what? The money's yours, and God, you're going to supply. Amen. And if there's something a person needs, like a Bible, amen, they need a Bible. And they're going to get a Bible. Amen. I'm not going to give a Bible to just anybody, but somebody that's going to take care of it and cherish it and honor it for all the days of their life. Well, man, what better gift could you give somebody than the Word of God, the truth, amen, and something to study with, something to help them get home, amen. Amen. You start to say something, brother. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's saying something. Because if someone gives you this, now this isn't my Bible, because you know what my Bible looks like. But if I die, this is my Bible. Someone comes into the church and says, I'd like to give you Brother Edward's Bible. He died. They open it up, they go, wow, wow, seems like me. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, gosh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Where did he go?
And it was new. It's pretty new because she had just got that Bible not long before because her other one was just destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'd much rather see some guy with a nice shiny new squeaky holster and a pearl handle pistol ain't got a blemish on it man and sitting way up on his hip like this man i'd be like you're in trouble son <laughs> you ain't gonna make it <laughs> but if a fella walks out there man and that holster strapped down to his kneecap down there and the holsters wore slap out and ain't got much of a handle left on that pistol you know <laughs> you're looking at that thing uh, you know and that guy walks out there And you start hearing wah 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 in the background. You're like, you know what? Give me a minute to rethink this. You know, <laughs> can't we all just get along? <laughs> uh, yeah. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh huh. He didn't say, I'm your Huckleberry. He said, I'm here, Huckleberry. I'm here, Huckleberry. Yep. Yeah, oh, he made the movie, man. He said, I'm here, Huckleberry. He said, why, Lunger, my fight's not with you. He says, why, Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. But now, my beef's not with you, Lunger. I beg to differ. We had some unfinished business. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, praise God. Church, we do know the truth. We do know the truth. And you know what? I'm going to say that again. We do know the truth. And... Sometimes it's good that you just see just how much of it you do know. Amen. Repetition's good sometimes because you want to know these things that are so important. What are the most important things? The most important things in the Word of God are those things that make a difference and those things that they are not teaching out there. You must know how to teach them the things that they're not hearing because they're going to ask you well the word of the, the bible said or joel says or this guy or that guy says or this woman or that woman says that you don't that you don't have to suffer you're not really well what about over here in zechariah <clears throat> you know what about over here in zechariah 13 7 through 10 or 2 9 see what about Isaiah 48? The Bible's very clear. What about 1 Peter 4.12? See? The Bible's clear. But they're just not hearing that message. What they're following is a very deadly and costly illusion that they're okay. Everything's fine and they're going to heaven. Because they're not, they're not killing somebody, or they're not. Uh, maybe they're not uh, uh, living in fornication. That's a stretch, but or maybe they're not uh, uh, lying every word coming out of their mouth. Maybe they're not on drugs. Maybe they're not a whoremonger or, or, or a drunk, a drunkard. Maybe they're not those things. But as right as they will ever be is filthy rags with God. They will never be holy enough to make it on their own. You must follow this plan because it's the key. It's the key. You cannot enter into the door without the keys. This is the keys to the kingdom. 
They're following. They're following an illusion. An illusion's only going to get you so far. Might tickle the ears, might tickle the senses, might tickle the eyes. It's like looking at a woman that's painted up. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. It's like going out when I was younger and seeing a woman that was so beautiful. Oh, man, just, oh, honey, you're just drop-dead gorgeous. My goodness, wow. Half of it was you were drunk, and the other half of it was that they were very good artists as they painted themselves into beautiful. And then the next day when you saw them without all that, it was like, Oh, my God, what did you do with that woman? You, what? Who are you? It's like you come, you sobered up and realized you need to chew your arm off to, to escape. Hopefully you don't wake her up. Dear God, what's happened? She ate the other woman. <laughs> Lord God, what happened? I know you ate her. There's her hair over there. Yeah. My gosh, nothing left but the top of her head. Look. Lord, man. Look, nothing left but paint marks. Paint marks in the top of her head. She was a lot taller than you, too, because the woman's stilts are laying over on the floor. <laughs> Find out she's three foot tall and four foot wide. And <laughs> you thought, man, I didn't think there was that much alcohol in the whole bar. <laughs> she wasn't even a, she wasn't even a point five. You drank her into a ten. She didn't even hit the number one right. It ain't no different. It ain't no different. Wake up in the morning, woman's ugly. She's scared of chrome off a bumper. certain lines you don't even cross. Wow. I'd have hung myself in that case. I could have never drank myself over that. Thank God I lived in a time there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. Dear God. I'd be in jail for murder for sure, no doubt about it. My uncle did that one time. He was a little short guy, but he was, he was, buddy, he was, he wasn't somebody to be messed with. He'd jump on a mountain lion, I ain't kidding you. He would literally jump on a bear. He just wouldn't, he didn't take no lip from nobody. He was a short guy. My dad was a lot taller. My dad was the quiet type. And he was, man, he was just somebody to jump right in the middle of him. You get mouthy right quick, buddy. And I mean, he'd take a stick and knock your brains out or he'd get beat to death, but he'd still keep coming back. Real short-tempered fella. And he was, he was out one day and, uh, his name was Norman. He died. He drowned at 26 years old. But, uh, saving his child in the Gulf. He was wading at San Louis Pass and where it says don't wade and his son come out there, little fella, and he, Got caught in the undertow, and he was trying to save him, and it took took my uncle on out, and he drowned. Once they saved the boy, though, somebody grabbed the boy by the hair and saved him. But anyway, him and Dad was in on leave. They were in the military, the Air Force, and and um, he said he 
He'd been dancing with this gal all night, you know, and she was sitting on his lap, and he was kissing on her. They were smooching and kissing, beautiful girl, you know. And and uh, my dad was sitting there, had a had a date, you know. And this this woman come over to my dad and said, "Hey," she said, "Listen, uh, come here a minute." He came over there and she says, "Listen, I don't know you guys, you know, but you seem like a real nice fellow and all. So I just want to tell you, I've known." that person sitting in your brother's lap for many years and he's a man that's a man and and my dad said what he said oh no don't tell me that i'm telling you that's a man he said oh my god don't tell me that man he'll kill him don't tell me that man he'll shoot him i mean he said you got to be kidding me she said i just thought i better tell you i've known him for years and years and years he said oh God, my dad's thinking, oh, my God, man. So he goes over and he tells he tells him, he says, Norman, let's go, man. My uncle's like, what? Are you crazy? I'm not going nowhere. And uh, he said, let's go. Of course, my dad was a real quiet type, you know. He, you know, he just didn't press issues much, you know. But when he spoke, you better listen to him, you know. And uh, he said, let's go, Norman. He said, man, I'm, I'm not going nowhere. He said, Norman, let's go right now. Let's go right now. And he says, man, he said, I, man, what are you talking about, man? He said, man, we've been on leave all this time. He says, man, me and, uh, me and whatever that girl's name is. He said, man, we're, you know, we're having a good time. I don't want to leave, man. He said, what's wrong with you? He said, Norman, I'm telling you right now, boy. He said, I'm not going to tell you again. You get up out of that chair right now and let's go. I'm not going to tell you again. So he finally stood up and went on out. Dad never did tell him. He never did tell him. I don't know what he did to get him to stay gone or whatever, but he, he, he never did tell him, you know, what, cause he'd killed him. I mean, there's, he'd walk back and shot him right there. That'd been all she wrote. But he never did tell him what was going on. Huh? Oh, he couldn't have. Cause he'd have killed him. There's no question. He'd walk in and shot him. There's no doubt about it. Right then, that'd been all she wrote. He'd killed a man. But, uh, but you know, and I, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. Like I said, I've seen some illusions. Man, one day me and daddy was in a coffee shop. My dad knew every coffee shop in, in the world, man. I mean, if there was a coffee shop, my dad knew where it was, and they knew him. He loved to go to coffee shops. We'd go to the coffee shop, and one day we was over in Montrose area, and the place that we went all the time when we was roofing, he'd go to coffee shops, you know, and went over to a Waffle House, not a Waffle House, but a, uh, I don't know, one one like that. Uh, years ago, they used to have a lot of them everywhere. But anyway, we went in this place, and he'd been telling me for a long time about this woman that was, he said, man, there's, he said, there's a woman, man, comes in here. He said, I ain't kidding you, boy. He said, it's a man. Used to be a man. He said, but I'm going to tell you, man, she's a knockout, boy. He said, I mean, she's beautiful. I said, really? He said, yeah, of course, there wasn't nothing stuff like that happening back then, man, you know. I mean, there wasn't no sex changes and stuff like that going on as a, as like it is now. Well, one day, a few years later, was in the coffee shop sitting there, and here comes this woman, and I ain't kidding you, man. I was... I wasn't living a Christian life at that time, and this woman come in, real low-cut shirt, man, I mean, short dress on. This woman was, I mean, she was built like a brick house, man. She come walking in there, I mean, flawless, man, I mean, flawless, buddy. Oh, she wasn't, she wasn't doing the overkill like men usually do if they try to do that kind of stuff. She just carried herself like a model from Hollywood. I ain't kidding you, man, this woman was... She was just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, flawless, beautiful. And Dad said, I said, oh, my man, man, man. He said, what is it? What is it? I said, man. I said, wow, man. I was facing the door, you know, and she was coming this way, and he was facing me. I said, man, I said, the most beautiful woman I believe I've ever seen just walked through the door. That's where I met you, honey. <laughs> anyway, but she, she walked... I didn't get to live this long by being stupid. Oh, yeah, by far, honey, leaps and bounds. Now, but she come on in, and, and I said, I said, man, I said, you, I said, check this out, you know. And she walked, she walked past, and Dad said, that's the one. I said, what do you mean? He said, that's the one I've been telling you about. I said, what do you mean? Tell, what, what, what one? What, what are you talking about? He said, he said, that's the one used to be a man. I said, you are out of your mind. 
That ain't no man. He said, I'm telling you, boy. I said, you're out of your mind, man. I said, the woman got a low-cut shirt on, man. I said, that's a woman, man. What are you talking about? I said, man, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. He said, he said, I'm telling you, boy. So he said, hold on a minute. So he gets, he gets the waitress to come over and he knows her, you know, she comes over there and, and he says, tell us, tell us nut right here that, that what, who, what, what was his name? She said, Charles or some kind of thing. I said, oh man, get out of here, man. Don't just shut up. Don't even come near me with that nonsense. She says, yeah, man, I knew him for years. He come in here for years as a man before he decided to go have a change and become a woman. I want to kill that man. I just, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. You know, I just couldn't believe it. But you see, see how you can be fooled? Not everything is as it seems. And let me tell you, the devil turns everything on its head. Can't you see how he operates? He turns black, white, white, black, red, yellow, yellow, green. He makes right, wrong, and wrong, right. There's only one way that you can do the right thing. And that's by following this right here. Because this right here is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents. This is what tells you and declares to you what's real and what is not. What is real and what is an illusion. This is real. This tells me what it takes for me to get home. Anything outside of this is a lie or it's an illusion or it's man-made. And I don't want none of the above. I want the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. This is what's going to take me home right here. Praise God. I want the God that hung every star in the universe and called them by name. That's a whole lot of names. Because there's a whole lot of stars up there. I want the God that counted me so important that my hairs is numbered on my head. Stand with me tonight. <laughs>